0: I say that because he is Bigfoot.
1: Here we go. Like Here it comes. Yeah, we talk games. Full of bullshit and energy. Our focus always rambles up topic, But we keep going. CD shook the robot sex mod stinks so bad he smells We take turns choosing the games that we review Everybody, what is this television? Welcome to Arcade Weekly, the Arcade Weekly show that happens weekly about arcades. I am Wiggly of Arcade Weekly, and we talk games. I haven't been here for a while. Uh, they kicked me, <laughs> sneaky kicked me out, but I said, "Go to heck!" In the booth, uh, Don Fennin. <laughs> There he is, <laughs> on the Skype pipe, all the way from Ireland, Johnny Capcom. Yes, sir. Yeah, he uh, has a program called the, uh, the Canon Canon, you see. What yeah. happens on that?
2: Myself and uh, my co Sean, we delve into the back catalog of the Canon Films, Uber, or Overy, however you pronounce that word. Oh. You know, the French word that means stuff. Egg?
1: Oh, Vangina Dentata. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, I thought you <laughs> talked about Revolutionary War cannons.
2: If we ever run out of ninja films to discuss.
1: There you we go. Well, that's a fantastic show. I like listening into it, especially with my ears. On the other Skype pipe, from more local, he's within 100 miles of Mighty Trapdoor Mansion Recording Studios. Neko Boom, Chris. Hello. Now, Chris, uh, what have you been up to? Staying
0: up for 24 hours the last week? Uh- yeah, there was a, a very long stream, and there might be more. Uh, I haven't made up my mind yet. Well, look for that on your Twitter. Yeah, that's a good place to go. Uh, Twitter dot com slash trick machine or uh, Facebook dot com slash negative one. I post there when I go live, and I also stream pretty much every night all sorts of stuff i think right now read only memories the point and click game i've been doing uh racing games every friday it's kind of all over the place but uh
1: i thought you said gonorrhea games well that's good that you didn't this is a game show where we talk about other programs it's a good idea to listen to our programs why don't you go to we talk games on twitter You'll never guess what our at is, so I'll leave that up to you, you clever Sherlock Holmes types. Now, Sherlock Holmes was from Scotland Yard. Now, is Scotland in Ireland? Scotland Yard?
2: Um, uh, No, Scotland Yard is actually in England.
1: Oh, well, that's dumb. Well, where was uh, Tom Jones born? Wales. Oh, so are Wales around Ireland? Uh, in the sea, yeah.
2: we got various how, degrees of whales, I should imagine.
1: How about the uh, the Narnics? What are those called? The, <laughs> those things with the horns on its heads. Narwhals? narwhals. Yeah. Narwhals. I thought it was Narnias.
2: I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't realize that are narwhals still alive. Are they still existence? Oh, okay.
0: We haven't gotten rid of them yet, the the fuckers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I thought narwhals were, like, jackalopes of the sea. Mm. I thought, like, they were crypto creatures.
0: Yeah, Uh, they're just
1: uh, mamamoos with somebody stuck a horn on them. They do look a lot like belugas,
0: to be fair.
2: I'm willing to admit that I'm completely fucking ignorant when it comes to horn sea creatures. It's something I feel ashamed about, but, you know, I'll live with myself.
0: (laughs) I don't know. You should be afraid of the sea. Don't, don't learn more than you need to because they will find you and they will, they will take you to the depths where you'll see things you don't want to see. Krakens
1: are real. As are mermaids. Dive in the next time you hear a mermaid. I think that's actually a
0: tooth. Is that a tooth? That's growing yes. out its head. Yes, yeah, it's that's kind of weird. That, uh, I don't even really know the evolutionary practicality. Oh. It just looks sweet.
2: God is so funny with giving teeth to whales in their faces.
0: What an asshole
1: growing a tooth out of its head. That is just stupid. duck platypus. Okay, let's get into our show today. Let's see, we had uh, that other month I wasn't available on Shmup Tember, And then it was uh, October Smooktacular? Smooktacular? Spectacular! Oh man, how about that guy, Doctor Lobos? Oh yeah, wow. Lobos was awesome. He was
2: fantastic. Yeah. I was kept in the dark, uh, being thematic. Uh, yeah, of, uh, a host being on, and uh, it was quite a surprise to hear him. But here he's Tones fucking um, introducing the show.
1: Great stuff! I really enjoyed it. He's the real deal, as the kids say. Also, as the kids say, next month is Holiday Haymakers. So, this month is. No. V- buffer? What did you call it? <laughs> No-Ven-Buffer. Oh, No-Ven-Buffer, which I made up that name. Totally. I'm glad I was here to remind you. <laughs> No-Ven-Buffer. Today's game is going to be, of course, the strength of a bear, the speed of a puma.
0: Brave Star! Did they ever make a Brave Star video game? I I know they were trying to make a uh, what's-his-futs-in-the-star sheriff's, but uh, I think Really? Saber Rider? Yeah, the the guy was going to make it for Dreamcast. You were going to have to (sighs) burn it, but uh, yeah, it didn't pan out. (sighs) Yeah, but power stride
1: and ready to ride. That would have been fucking awesome to hear Yeah, it
0: looked pretty alright. I think it was a side-scroller. It might have been a a haymaker. He had two uh, catchphrases.
1: It was Power Stride and Ready to Ride, and there was another one. Ah, fuck, I can't remember. But Saber Rider was one of these guys that would be standing in front of the Buckingham Palace. He was like that, except a robot.
2: Was he the opposite of uh, Steve Perry from Journey who stands, stands in front of that dumpster?
1: No, he's exactly the same. <laughs> I would put those on par, except he didn't have a sweet mustache. But he had a uh, saber, you know, so he was like some type of uh, English saber man, as they call him.
2: <laughs> yeah, famous saber man of England. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> but then everybody else was a cowboy, you know. But Brave
2: Star, did they remake that show when they did uh, Adventures of Briscoe County Jr.? Because I remember the horse guy was very similar to the double barrel shotgun guy.
0: I have no idea.
2: Just thought, trying it out there, maybe <laughs> someone uh, someone will have a perspective that I, I'm lacking.
1: Listeners, stop yelling at your radio, it's not helping. I actually had uh, some animation cells from Bravestar, of the horse and of Captain Mr. Bravestar.
2: I love the fact that it's like just decided to really it's a planet out in space he's going to be on yeah it's going to be like Texas but it's a big new planet New Texas or something like that. that. Somebody come up with something better than that, though, because that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody
1: did. Right. (laughs) It was built to sell a toy line, but we're getting way off. This doesn't have a lot of making mechanics, but it has a lot of story behind it. We're going to be talking today about one of Johnny Capcom's favorites by Capcom, nonetheless. 1992 Cadillacs in Dinosaurs, or Dinosaurs in Cadillacs, or as it's really called, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. But this is going to be in the. Uh, Keith isn't here to do the do's, and neither is Kyle. So if anybody wants to do the theme song for an realm of gaming history, please feel free. Hold on, I got it. It's uh,
3: the realm of gaming history.
0: That's
1: close to it.
3: gave it here,
0: here. it.
1: In the realm of gaming, gaming, history, hysterectomy. It's going to be a little bit of that and making mechanics, but it's going to be in a realm of gaming and comic book and cartoon and
0: movie history and have, uh, making mechanics. Have either of you uh, read the comics or seen the TV series? Of course.
1: The famous Charles Schultz, Xenozoic Tales. Charles Schultz, wait, good grief. I meant Mark Schultz. Yeah.
2: But I believe I have a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs branded comic somewhere.
1: Sure, you might have the graphic novel.
0: Yeah, they tried uh, to re-release it a couple of times, so I think three different publishers have done re-releases, and mm-hmm. they just kick another one last year. Ah. Uh, oh, Christ. I just yeah. let the dinosaurs die, boys. <laughs> yeah, cause the series never
1: ended. Xenozoic <laughs> Tales, well, and it, it came out like once a year when uh, Charles Schultz... <laughs> Briefly said it again, Mark Schultz was in uh, charge of it. A very a sporadic release, as you could say. You didn't, you never know
0: if it was over or not. It was basically America's answer to Berserk, if you've got any of them manga Japanese comics fans out there. Sure, yeah, you know, to wait forever and then something amazing pops up, and you're like, "Oh, he, the guy's not dead! All right." <laughs>
1: Berserk was, um it's called something else, but uh, it also came out as Berserk uh for the Dreamcast. Yes. I think they released that in America
0: as well, but it was named something else. Sword of the Berserk. They added the sort of the, but two different anime series because they redid it closer to the manga, or yeah, closer to the manga later on. I forget what they changed the subtitle to, but... Good series, good series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the art is beautiful. The trolls, like, they're not even the scariest thing in there, but I've had nightmares about them. They're that interesting.
1: Oh, you said manga, and I was thinking anime, so sorry about that.
0: I don't think they get to the trolls in the anime, unfortunately, which is uh, a shame, because they are really creepy and have huge dick noses, if you like huge dick noses <laughs> on your flesh eating monsters. They are the narwhals of the manga. So this was
1: a pulp adventure that had become sort of a click in the 80s, uh, I believe beginning with Rocketeer, which was 1985, which actually began in 82, I guess as like a back-up comic story, and then of course uh, 1983 started Howard Chaikin's run of his uh, pulp type of artwork. Semi-noir, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. Uh, his started with American Flag, then he did a version of the Shadow for DC Comics in the mid-80s. I was a big Chaikin fan. I was a big fan of Xenozoic Tales. I was a big fan of Rocketeer, and I even liked the Rocketeer movie, so shut the fuck up, everybody. And
2: Rocketeer's a cool movie.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's real fun. Jennifer Connelly, one and two. Two of the best things in cinema. Chaykin started with American Flag, then he did The Shadow, and then he did Time Squared with the two. So, like, Time Square, which was a really good series. That was a series I really got into. And then I think there was another one that was a spinoff of Times Squared, but I would have really liked to have seen an arcade game based on Shaken's Black Kiss and I say that as a joke because Black Kiss was barely able to be released as a comic because it was so it was like vampiric sex pulp fiction type of stuff and it was very graphic in both uh, sexual and violistic contexts.
2: did it have like an African Paul Stanley in it?
1: it might have well that's all I need <laughs> <laughs> no it did not I don't know who that is <laughs> You're speaking of?
2: Paul Stanley, <laughs> you said it's a it's Black Kiss. Ah.
1: <laughs> which reminds me there's a song by pff, one of these K-pop bands I like called Black Tinkerbell. And I'm like, oh, what I haven't watched it yet. I'm scared. <laughs> Black Tinkerbell. You know, but they name it th- like Hurt Locker is a dance song around shipping containers that are painted like fluorescent. So that's not Hurt Locker. And uh, I've been getting into K-pop so much lately, and I just like to call it music. I don't really like to refer to it as as subgenres of of things. I'm not getting into K-pop. I still listen to ABBA and uh, Alice Cooper and Kate Bush all alongside with this. It just so happens that I'm getting really heavy into the Korean scene, and especially that you have fucking Battle of the Network stars with your K-pop girl groups. And it's real. They're really wrestling and stuff like that. You would love that, John. Yeah, it's called um, Let's Go Team... Boy. It's
2: like the Hunger Games. Is that what it is? It's like that,
1: except you wear bubble suits and try to knock people into mud.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Sorry, and- I thought it was like the Hunger Games or the Battle Royals.
1: There is an interesting thing. There was a big competition between... I'm not going to say four minute, but I'm going to say four minute. But it was two K-pop girl groups doing archery. So there you go for an hour. So there you have that.
0: At each other or? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, they shoot at each
1: other. Let's get back on track here.
0: Put this 100% in pers- Games Talk, no filler. No
1: filler. Put this into perspective. Hey, uh, ring is a game. <laughs> archery. Arrow ring <Ar-row-ing. laughs> yeah, I can't what even doing? say it. but Ring. I think that's what it should be called.
2: I thought that was the name of one of the people who died in the car crash. (laughs) It might have been. I
0: thought it was going to be the making mechanics. (laughs) It might have been.
1: Let's put this in perspective, our 1992 Cadillacs and Dinosaurs game. The Xenozoic Tales started in 1987, which was Cadillacs and Dinosaurs 1987. The novel Jurassic Park was released three years later in 1990. People might think Cadillacs and Dinosaurs was playing off of the Jurassic Park craze. No. It was playing off the craze that dinosaurs and fast cars are cool. Especially cars that run off of dinosaur shit, if you read the comic books. I like to call them funny books. And then uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs came in the arcade in 1992, and then Cadillacs and Dinosaurs cartoon, which was incredibly horrible, came out in 1993, the same year as the Jurassic Park movie. So that wasn't playing off of that either. just so happened that people started getting into this... uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs after the graphic novel releases. And then, of course, the fantastic game, (laughs) Second Cataclysm, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs for the Sega CD, 1994, one year later by Rocket Science. I can sum up the Second Cataclysm for the Sega CD very easily because of uh, my experience with it, I'm sure everybody else's experience with it. You get the game, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, you watch the beginning, which may have been one of the first, if not the first, motion comics, of ever. Well, you know, excluding Jack Kirby's artwork on popsicle sticks back in 1966 with the Marvel Superhero Show, they took the comic frames and broke them up and then moved the different layers in a parallax manner, just like your motion comics of today. And then some of them were rudimentally animated once you start the game you're in your cadillac and there's actually cadillacs and dinosaurs in this one unlike the cadillacs and dinosaurs capcom game which is there's one
0: one cadillac one cadillac
1: and maybe three dinosaurs (laughs) i I actually i counted uh five okay five if
0: if we're not counting the doctors no we're not counting yeah we're not counting
1: nine if you count the goo that transforms a couple guys definitely not. <laughs> but this one actually has dinosaurs and Cadillacs. It's a first-person, full-motion video background with your little sprite on top, much like uh, the Laser Active games. <laughs> um, oh, no. And uh, so, you're the m- main protagonist. Uh, what's his name? Jake? Jack Jack Tenric. That's it, Jack. And uh, your female heroine... Hannah Dundee. Hannah, yes. Yeah, she is in the car shooting, and you have to shoot things on a path to clear the path. And, of course, it teaches us a brontosaurus were the most fierce carnivores of dinosaurs. Um,
2: brontosaurus were they real? Yes, I know there was one of the big ones that was that was just like uh, it was fake, wasn't
0: it? Well, brontosaurus was the mistake that mm-hmm. they said was the apatosaurus, and then I think they went back a couple years ago. Like, oh, no, brontosaurus was were real. We did we screwed up, screwing up. And then there was, was like Thunderosaurus or something.
2: Diplodocus was that fake then. I know there was one, and they put like a head from one dinosaur on the tail of
1: another, and went new dinosaur.
2: <laughs>
0: right, right. No, that that was what the they thought the brontosaurus was, but then they were like, no, or there is a brontosaurus. I forget. I it's, but yeah, they 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 keep mixing up dinosaurs. Like triceratops, they said wasn't real. I think. Right, but now they, but think, they think it they, is. They screwed that one up. Yeah. Yeah, Diplodocus or Diplodocus, he, I think he's uh, I think he's in the clear. I know Iguanodon for the longest time gave the thumbs up forever, but then they realized, oh wait, that's a tooth, the
1: I'm, hole for the nose, it thought it was a horn, and all this other type of stuff. All I know is that I only care about the Ankylosaurus, so I don't really give a shit about anybody else. So here, here you are, you go in a, you go in a car, put fifty nine minutes on the clock. About ten minutes later. Put the disc back in the jewel case and put it on your shelf for 10 years. That is The Second Cataclysm by Rocket Science for the Sega CD. I don't think you do anything except put the game away.
2: Is it as fun as Lucky and Wild?
1: What? Looking
2: it Wild? Like, it sounds like Lucky and Wild. Remember in the arcade?
1: Oh, Lucky and Wild.
2: Yeah. Is it as fun as that game?
1: <laughs> I don't remember that game, fortunately.
2: <laughs> what? Look, you don't remember Lucky and Wild?
1: No, I remember Um, the name.
2: Oh, man, it was the coolest. You were a two-player kind of sit-down arcade cabinet, Mm. and one person would drive and the other person would shoot.
1: I wish it was like that. Uh, This was one person. The car drove by itself, but you could go right and left. And then you also had a, a cursor on screen that you had to try to shoot. I don't know wood and your car would take damage and then you ran over a, a twinkle on the ground and it would re- repair your car and then a brontosaurus would bite you and you weren't supposed to shoot them and then it would step on you and then you would run into a log. It was really animated well when you ran into a log because you would be murdered. You'd go flying through the windshield and shit. But wow. I don't think you could complete anything because I certainly never did. I think there was just a driving part and it was so horrible and It was sad, because it looked like it was going to be a good game. All right, so let's take a look in the realm of gaming history for 1992. 1992, Kirby is birthed into the world. Kirby's Dream Land, of course, first released for the Game Boy before it was released on the NES. But more importantly, the birth of King Dedede. King Dedede. What do you call him? Because I call him King Dedede. It's King D D. Oh D D. Okay. D D, there's three D's. I know there's three so D's.
2: You're getting them mixed up with DD King, famous uh, bass player in the Ramones and That's rapper right. from the nineteen eighties.
1: You're absolutely correct. That's that is what I was doing. In Cadillacs and Dinosaurs you actually f- fight vanilla ice, I think. Oh, no, Ice-T. That's right. Wolfenstein 3D. Th- <laughs> Vice-T, I know. Yeah. In 1992, Wolfenstein 3D came out, uh, believe it or not, that's when it came out 92, that late in gaming history. Another three-player game in the arcade, which is a definite candidate for Holiday Haymakers or the Summer of Stink. Probably one of Johnny Capcom's favorite games, Guardians of the Hood.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> If you want
1: to take Mortal Kombat on a, uh, a side-scrolling haymaker beat' up there you go oh, man. Lots of fun
2: every time someone gets a man machine, they will always come to me and because of this show and because of my my interest in arcade games i will always say give me some classics that I never have heard of like you know to to put on my main machine and I'll always put Guardians of the Hood on there it's and then like, I want to you know when I go to visit and play they're like what the fuck is this
1: <laughs> you want to <laughs> like, set up some spy cameras
2: I mean I give them good recommendations for the rest of them, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Hood like you gotta have that if you got an arcade cabinet you don't have Guardians of the Hood on it I mean
1: Jesus Christ. No one played in the arcade, so you might <laughs> give, it, give it a little play there.
2: You don't want all those people who hate the game to feel bad. No, you?
1: no. They should, of course, go kill themselves, but no, you don't want them to feel bad about it. To stop e- the bad feeling. <laughs> Sorry. Echo the Dolphin also came out first for the Jenny, which uh, everyone loved it when it came out. Let's all buy it, and let's all not understand what you're supposed to do with it, and let's put it back in the cartridge case with... Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Another first in the series from Nintendo was uh, Super Mario Kart for the SNES. Mortal Kombat also came out in the arcade. Weird that that came out when other digitized things were coming out simultaneously. Sega CD, of course, uh, the infamous Night Trap started. Um, a must-have as well. I must always mention Star Control 2 because I love that game, and if you ever want to um, fight somebody... Space War, uh, and uh, what was the original version of Space War called? Um, Something Space you okay, never. Space. Yeah, computer space. That's sort of what it is. Except you get to choose different types of ships. You can actually tell what the ships are. Always pick the ship that shits out its bullets because that is the most fun. And you will—I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, suddenly you're th- you're like a five-year-old again and laughing every time the one ship makes a fart noise and poops out. Does it out.
2: Trail bullets out from behind?
1: Yes, it poops. It goes. <laughs> It poops the bullets out <laughs> and is incredibly hilarious. In the hardware scene, we had the JVC XI launched in Japan as the Wonder Mega. It makes more sense than XI, but both equally shitty names. Both, like uh, the JVC uh, Wonder Mega. I don't know. Do I stick oh, but, that up my butt? I don't understand.
2: Was that a Mega Drive by JVC?
1: It was the Sega CD, a single system. Uh, yes, yes, ah, yeah, yes. Single yes, system. I've seen pictures. I, mean, I mean, you know what? I don't, did it have a cartridge slot? Hmm. You'd have to think, right? Yeah, the CDX definitely had the cartridge slot. I loved yeah. the CDX. That was so beautiful. Gorgeous system. I didn't care that I didn't really like the Genesis. I didn't care that the Genesis no longer had support. <laughs> By the time they released that, it's just such a beautiful system. I still have it today. And, of course, the Super Scope was released. Also, it was a CDI. The CDI was released, which began to lead to the Chapter 11 of all the silo audio and video sales stores in the United States. <laughs> Do you remember that silo at all? Uh, I remember yeah. silo. Man, I bought my Sero and Vegas there. I bought my CDI there. <laughs> I bought my 3DO there. Two stereo systems there. I, I love that joint. But I think that's CDI because they were trying to push that in every aisle of their televisions. And I think that's what led to their death.
0: I'm still not sure why they would have named an electronics place after something you keep corn in. I'm really (laughs) Now that I'm older, I'm thinking back, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Remember, silos are round so that you don't have mold in the corners. Ah. So that's why they didn't want that. But unfortunately, they were being eaten from the middle, from the CDI. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about uh, making mechanics. We're we're done with this show. Sorry, everybody. Goodbye. This game really doesn't need any making mechanics because Capcom did two types of games besides Street Fighter. Left to right, Haymakers, and they did flying around in airplane games. If this game would have been called P-51 Mustang and Dinosaurs... It would have been an airplane shooter, but it wasn't so. This game happened.
0: It also might have had more dinosaurs, plenty of pterodactyls. <laughs> well, P to the S,
1: if you want to play P-51 Mustang and dinosaurs, check out Prehistoric Island series from the Neo Geo. 1989. So you had Prehistoric Island coming out before... Wasn't uh, it called Prehistoric Island in 1942? In 1930. And then, and then okay. the second one, I guess, was called 1942, perhaps second one was way better oh yeah yeah don't play the first one but I mean that also had uh, that sort of uh, 1930s pulp type of error setting so the only thing I think you could really compare this to is is other Capcom games so in in 89 you had Final Fight in 91 too bad Keef isn't here Captain Commando same year 1992 Warriors of Fate and Final Fight 2 and one year after this we would start the Dungeons and Dragons I think 1993 Sounds about right. So let's get into Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'll just set it up a little bit. Jack is the one of the main characters. I'll tie it into the comic. He modifies Cadillacs to run on dinosaur shit, as I mentioned. He also had a Jurassic Allosaurus pet called... Um, Hermes. Hermes, is out it? Okay. And then, so he was part of a group called the Old Blood Mechanics, which was there's all these different types of cliques that are going on here in underwater Manhattan. I was going to say Manhattan because I'm into you know My Little Pony as well. Manhattan's underwater, and it's kind of sad in the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs game because you do see the Twin Towers back there then you had the griths in the comic who were the reptilian humanoids and that you see in this game also you see sort of these slea stacks in this game too but they're like your enemies uh, oh no, they're in the think... beginning they're in the beginning that's right and they, yeah and they are helping they don't show up in combat at all no whoa for you john this is also where david icky got his uh, queen mother reptile ideas
2: Oh, wonderful! It would be uh, right around the same time, wouldn't it? I just, I I just wish it featured the Prince Charles lizard man, which is amazing because he just has these giant ears. (laughs) He's like a king cobra, like.
1: Uh, Nicki Minaj is also a great lizard person, but of course that's uh, in the future from this. Uh, yeah, my well, favorite
0: right, is still Anne Coulter, favorite lizard person right there. Anne
1: Coulter, yeah, she doesn't need any modifications to see her exactly. As a in the comic, these. Uh, Griths were psychic a bit, and they also couldn't speak English, so they would spell things out with Scrabble tiles. And they had a liaison, Hobbes, of Calvin and Hobbes, of course, who was also Jack and Hannah's friend, and he wasn't from Calvin and Hobbes. Mustafa was in it. Mustafa Cario was in the books. I don't know about Lunk. Or
0: uh Oh.
1: Whatever his name his was. Name.
0: Mess. Yeah. Mess Brannigan or something like that. He is in the comics, but he, di- he shows up in the first one very briefly at the, t- at the top of things. Okay. And then he dies in the third one, killing off two guys who killed his wife. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> belated spoiler alert. Yeah. He, he, he drives off a cliff. Oh, Right. I don't yeah, remember that, that but...
1: That, that's who that is. There's no doubt that he fits in with this whole scene. To jump ahead into the game, his character on screen looks nothing like his close-up picture. <laughs> his close-up picture is missing a few chromosomes. Uh, yeah, one.
0: That's how he looks in the comics as well. He's, okay. he's basically supposed to be a slab of meat in the end.
1: Ah, right. In the arcade game, he looks like Hagar with a different haircut. Yeah. And acts like him as well. Less mustache. Exactly. The Heavy... In the comic, no pun intended, and untaken was Hammer. I can't remember his last name.
0: There's Hammer Terhuel. He's got his brother, Wrench Terhuel. Yes. Uh, Vice actually is their brother as well, Vice yes. Terhuel.
1: Vice, Wrench, and Hammer. Their parents were analog tool fetishists. Um, <laughs> and then the T-Rex was the most gigantic of the carnivores. Just like in Jurassic World... They have the ability to blend in with their back, their environment. What else was just like Jurassic World with with the T-Rex? Jesus, I forget. Something else was as well. John, I don't know if you know, but before it was supposed to be Cadillacs and Dinosaurs as a tie, this was actually going to be a WWF side-scrolling haymaker. Really? Uh, yeah, well, you know that because it starred the main two characters from the WWF, Uncle Elmer and, of course, Skinner.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> Of course Yes uh, Who can forget those mainstays
1: So let's start with John Because he was really stoked about doing this game
2: I remember this Playing the living shite out of this Back when it came out or And a few years afterwards When you mentioned the animated series earlier on I remember having a weird longing, I guess, the word is, because I remember watching the animated series in the dead of shitty winter and just kind of sitting there watching it going, oh, I wish it was summer so I could go back to the arcades (laughs) and play Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and just kind of being really depressed for like a couple of days, like because it was, we lived like 20 minutes away from the beach, but uh, that's where all the arcades were. Right, right. But nobody went there during the winter like sure yeah and they weren't really open i always look back on it fondly this style of graphics like final fight obviously Street fighter 2 the punisher alien versus predator like there was just a, spe- a period of time where capcom were doing this gorgeous style of uh, graphic art a like captain commando as well obviously is in that lineage i don't know i'm just drawn to it you know i like a good brawler i guess i'm a product of my time Mm -hmm. You know, Wiggly, you like the the solid-state pinball machines? Sure. The single-screen platformers? I like my belt scroll and beat-em-ups. And-
1: I love this game as well. I was immediately drawn to it, but like I said, I was disappointed. Basically, you fight two dinosaurs. There's some Triceratops that, that run by. Basically, it's a T-Rex and also a, sort of like a Velociraptor type of animal.
0: I don't know if that's supposed to be the Allosaurus, but... Uh, the Allosaurus is the T-Rex ones because they're small, the actual T-Rexes. Uh, there's uh, Deinonychus is... The were the raptor likes. Okay. They, okay. they The ones they called, I think they're called cutters. or cutters? They're called cutters in
1: the comic.
0: There's one pterodactyl, one Z, <laughs> right? Or maybe two that fly down in the first level on the rooftops in the city.
1: And he comes back a little bit later yeah. on.
0: Oh, and there's uh there's the feet of the one that you walk between in the one level too. <laughs>
1: that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, that true. Was a good time. There's usually that shadow type of thing you have to avoid in pretty much any beat up whether it be a wrecking ball or a big uh, fat guy. <laughs> And this does have those big fat guys that I hate in games. I only hate them because they always roll up and bounce around. And that, i just never seen a fat guy do
2: that.
0: Yeah, I, 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 uh, when I was playing, I was like, why is everybody Blanca? Why, why are there so many Blancas?
2: You go back, and um, I'm sure, Wiggly, you have no interest in this at this point in your life. But if you go back and look at 1980s Austrian professional wrestler Otto Vance's output. Otto Vance was one of these guys... He was a big, fat dude who moved really fast and did nothing but cannonball attacks. Okay. So, if you're looking for a real-world version... But did he bounce? <laughs> he was a pretty bouncy dude. Okay. I mean, Vader would bounce him by punching him in the face. <laughs> you know? um,
1: I'm nothing but a big, fat fucking piece of shit. Is that what he said?
2: <laughs> that, yeah, that's I what Vader to, said. I did
1: sample it. I play that back every now and then. <laughs> I I didn't win. because I couldn't beat him or nothing. But a because
2: big fucking me.
1: piece of shit.
2: Because look at me. I'm so big. I'm so broad. That's it. I'm so big.
1: That's it. Aw, oh, poor Vader. Names himself after Darth Vader. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
2: I don't think he's ever seen Star
1: Wars. <laughs> he probably didn't. I know Abdullah the Butcher didn't run around. He just poked people with forks, and gave him hepatitis. Hepatitis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now was Doctor Fessender in the
0: comic? Because I don't remember him. Doctor Fessender gets mentioned twice, but they never get around to finding him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, his, uh, and his lab is sort of in the comics. Like they go through the library early on, and so they you go back to the vaults in sure. the game. Sure. Yep, yep. Fessender uh, the, and the Nuke you fight in front of him. They find that early on, although they ended up flooding those chambers, so mm-hmm. nobody could get to it. I think it was gutted anyway. They said in the comic, but in the comic it is also on that shrine and all kind of weird
1: indeed So This was a three-player game, and it was definitely Capcom. There's no mistaking it for any other company. You have your punches, your kicks, you have your suplexes and move that takes power off your life, the two-button move that does some pretty complex animations. It's not full screen. You have to be around your characters to hit them with it, but I think the animation is longer than I would have expected, a lot longer than Hagar spinning around in a circle or someone doing a flash kick or something. They actually move across the pretty well i played mostly as a lunk i'm just gonna call him that. Oh,
2: <laughs> go for whatever his name is his people stopping power is incredible
0: absolutely like,
2: he just cancels out the inertia of anyone he encounters grabs them and just kills them
1: punches He's knives done. and everything.
2: his power bombs and suplexes are just they're insane
0: almost He's, one kills at, at most points Yeah. And this was my go-to for boss fights if I got knocked out. Hannah and uh, Mustafa were both pretty good for me. Hannah's incredibly fast. I mean, crazy fast. Yeah, and I think she gets a buff on uh, using weapons, so I was just Mm -hmm. sorting all the time. Like, there's that one guy with the two, like, giant cleavers. Oh, man, I think it was the Burning Village, maybe before that. Second level. yeah, you can grab the cleavers and just go to town.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, that disturbed me a lot as a kid. <laughs> and a-
1: why not? Tell tell us about it.
2: Oh, I just I remember kind of going, fucking hell, he's mean, isn't he? It, <laughs> like, was that
1: Butcher? <laughs> or
2: Stegosaurus.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's just, I mean, he's wailing on the Stegosaurus for far too long for anyone to watch that, yeah. that has any type of empathy for uh, anything, really. I mean, even if he was doing that to a tree, I think I'd feel sorry for the tree if blood was coming out of it. But <laughs> yeah, he's just wailing uh, with both hands uh, with two big giant cleavers into the Stegosaurus. That's a dead arm already so kicking a dead stegosaurus or slicing them the only other thing i wanted to say about lunk <laughs> was that if you do your dash move and then your jump and then do a punch it's this uh, crazy flying uppercut that if you hit your opponent with it takes massive amounts of damage and that doesn't use up your energy everybody has a dash jump punch Combination move, but some are less spectacular, like you were saying with Holly Molly Holly. She um, just kicks. So, yeah, Heather Thomas, what's her name?
0: Hannah, yeah, Hannah Dundee,
1: Hannah Barbera,
2: River Smith, that girl you like from that TV show. It's oh, called River
1: Phoenix. That's it, River Phoenix. That's her. Yeah,
2: no, when I was a kid, I used to pick Mustafa just because he looked uh, like Adam uh, Streets of H. Yeah, he's got a yellow top, uh, he does lots of kicks. He's my guy.
1: There's another character that does not look anything like his playable character when it cuts to the close-up. Yeah, I'll say this: He has a really cool
2: Terry Bogard-like baseball cap as well, and that, Absolutely. that a, had a lot of currency back in the day.
0: Um, and he also has that in the comic, which is
1: nice. He's an engineer, which I don't know if they had a. <laughs> a line of engineers I can't recall
0: as an engineer he was at least allied with the uh, old blood mechanics or Mm -hmm. whatever I don't know if he was part of the order but I know they were pretty tight there was uh, this lady that
1: was also an antagonist um, and she hated Uh, the old blood
0: Shornfeld or Shornhold or whatever whatever Schornhart. I she was.
1: She was part of like what the sea people or something. Uh, the uh, no, moles. No, the well, moles.
0: No, she was one of the uh, the yeah the moles the underground crew that had found the vaults and found the atom bombs and was uh, like all for uh, technological advancement. Like if it, it basically right, right. the plot is that uh, because of humans the world went to shit and kind of. Did, it, it was kind of a play on the whole uh, idea of the Earth as a super organism thing mm-hmm. where there was a big cataclysm everything got wiped out and the remaining humans survived underground and then I think 450 years later yeah, the almost 500 years five years yeah. and uh, so 2020 we're all dead and then 450 years after that uh, <laughs> people come back to the surface and then this is like I think 30 years after that right. uh, like I know Jack was really in the vaults for a while uh hannah was from the sea people and then she um, was a scientist no hannah was a diplomat although well, she was into science she was she was find, for
1: technology i meant
0: but she wasn't for like expanding uh hum- humanity's domain on the earth uh, the shornheart lady was all about like reestablishing technological dominance and farming everything and pushing back nature and stuff, whereas jack was basically an eco-terrorist like mm-hmm. um they don't really get to it in the game, but, uh, like, the first they issue... Don't, they he, don't get goes, to anything in this game. <laughs> no. They touch upon some of it, but, like, the first issue of the comic, he goes on this hunting trip because Hannah shows up from her sea people plays or whatever. One of the guys is out to, is out to poach, and mm-hmm. uh, he catches him twice and gives him warnings, and the third time, he's like, he, middle of the night, he just swaps out the guy's uh, bullets for blanks, and the guy gets eaten, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. And <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's all shit it, like hey. that.
2: They're going to make an accurate game based on this source material that have to make Fallout.
1: There you go. Exactly. Basically, yeah. It is a great theme. It's definitely the best Cadillacs and Dinosaurs that came out being that there were two. Yeah. Um, But it is a classic Capcom game. The big advantage of this over Final Fight and Captain Commando. Well, Captain Commando, could you pick guns in Captain Commander or he just had guns? I think had forget. Yeah, I forget too. We need Keef on the line. But in this game you can pick up machine guns, you can pick up a pistol, uh, you get a bazooka every now and then. But The bazooka is great. It is great. But the very, very interesting part about this game, which really sets it apart I think as far as picking up a gun is that you could actually pick up bullets for the gun. So if you're running low on bullets on that special item that you pick up, you pick up bullets and you can shoot the fucking thing again. When the pistol runs out, you could throw it at somebody. After you drop it, you could either throw it at somebody, or if you find bullets, you could shoot it again. With the rifle, you get to shoot it, and then you get to hold it by the barrel and whack people over the head with it, which is a lot more effective than you might think. I use that a lot on the Boomerang Boss. Now, you only have so many hits with that, but if you're holding the rifle and then you pick a bullet, you can shoot the rifle again. I think that's a really neat mechanic that I haven't seen on any other walk-back Back and forth, uh, punch and kick beat-em-up.
2: There's one that I can think of called Thunder Fox. Oh, uh, Thunder Fox. From Taito. Yeah. And when you pick up a, a weapon, you can either fire it or you can hit them with it.
1: Okay. And maybe in e-, well, in e SWAT, you just pick up bullets. But see, those are all things where you already have the weapon. This is one where you get the weapon as a special item. And then you oh, can no, pick no, no. In up. in
2: Thunder Fox, you get the weapon as a special item. They drop um, machine guns and handguns okay. and stuff like that. And okay. rocket launchers, actually.
1: Very good. Yeah, the rocket launcher comes along very rarely. Every now and then, when you lose, you'll get dropped in with five shots, so that's, yeah, that's kind of pretty mean.
0: nice. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, at least with Mess, when he fires it and actually explodes somebody, which is great, because <laughs> it's just bits of dude everywhere. Yeah. You, the, I, the eyeballs go bouncing away, which yeah. is hilarious. But if you do it with Mess... I don't know if any of the other characters say somebody just goes, blammo, And it's, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> and they have good taunt, or whatever you want to call them, exclamations. It's very comic book-like. Not the exact same style as a comic. The parallax is, is minimal. You, you normally have a background and a foreground, which is nice. But it looks it looks great. So I'm not complaining about that. Especially the desert scene. Because it's so expansive. You know, oh, so yeah. vast. I think if you like Punisher, I think you'll like this game. I think it's deeper than Punisher. And Punisher came out much later.
2: It's actually a lot more fair than like the likes of Final Fight and stuff will be.
1: Sure definitely.
2: Uh, I kind of worked it out I was thinking uh, in 1992 times it used to be 20 pence of credit back then to play a game like Mm -hmm. this and I was like I could have beaten this game for I I think it took me 15 credits to beat it so I could have beat it for like 3 pounds.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. You can get pretty far if you're not just blowing through it because you're emulating it. You can yeah. get really far because the food is spread out in just such a way that if you don't get tagged too much, which you can make it through without getting tagged too much in the first few levels, you can get pretty far in just uh, just one slug. But then, of course, you do get into the very repetitive enemies. Yeah. That-
2: that's the problem with this game. Like, as I said, for three pounds you could beat it, and that's good going because like the Rent the game back then it used to cost 150. Gotcha. So you can play the whole game for the price of uh, renting two games for your Master System or Mega Drive or whatever and obviously retail of a game like this would be huge As I was playing through it, there's a moment with games like this I find with arcade games when you're emulating them maybe because you're putting free credits in they become a boring slog It happens to this game, but every time I play Streets of Rage 2 or, you know, one of the really good kind of console brawlers, I rarely get that kind of monotony going on. And there's something about arcade games of that time where... I don't know, maybe they thought no one's going to get to this (laughs) though. Right. Without emulation, how many people would see the end screens of any game?
1: You would always crowd around the arcade games where someone wasn't stingy on putting a $10 roll of quarters into a title. So you'd always want to crowd around there to see the end. I remember the huge crowd to see the end of X-Men, the four-player version. You had to like jump up if you were in the back to try to see it. Same way with Simpsons like when someone beat one of those multiplayer arcade games people really crammed around the system to see the ending because yeah. you're right people wouldn't put the quarters
0: in yeah, both this and Ninja Turtles arcade game, they had these at uh, my bowling alley ar- arcade. And I mean, it was a small crowd because most people were bowling mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we would always get like double the people when it was getting towards the end. Like someone would go out. There's always birthday parties and stuff. And sure. someone would go out like, these guys are going to finish two Ninja Turtles. Oh my God, they're oh my god, they're beating all the... I, I don't think we actually finished Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, <laughs> at least before I moved. The arcade at this bowling alley was like a closet at the time mm, so they'd mm-hmm. so be half full deep back and somebody's like I'm gonna go play the next generation pinball machine get out of my way uh
1: huh uh-huh. hey man when you in get the man. cannon on that it's sweet you know oh absolutely yeah
2: <laughs> well, I used to hate when you'd be playing an arcade game and you'd be doing really well in it and some little kid would come up with its mom and I go, I want to play that game now, ma'am. Can I play that game? And you're going, in your head, you're not saying anything, but you just want to say, fuck you, kid. You don't get to play this game. Look at my change up on the marquee.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so you did that, too. So everybody put, like, six slugs, we'll call them, because of our differences, and put yeah. six bits across the top if you wanted to keep playing the title. Yeah, we one really- of those
2: universal things that everybody across the world seems to do.
0: That's good. Yeah. It's- well, I only saw the quarter line usually on a versus games. Okay. I, could see, I could see doing that for a single player as well. Oh man,
1: we did it back in the 70s. Yeah, that was a thing in the arcade and if someone wanted to play they'd put their quarter up separated by like two slug distance. Yeah. Then you had to get out of there. And you're like, I'm doing fucking good on Tempest. Why? <laughs> I want to reach level 12. Uh...
2: It's it's still a common practice to do with pool tables here. Oh, okay. If people are playing and a play pool and you want to play next? just walk up and throw your credit on the table and they'll know that they, you want them out of there once they're done.
1: Gotcha. Let's talk about the last one. Basically, this is a very simple game. It's a side-scrolling, punching, kick and jump, and you fight... Uh, Poachers and weird-looking people, giants, and things like this. And every now and then, one of these people will awaken a sleeping dinosaur. They're just minding their own business. They're green. They'll slap them around a bit. They'll turn red or orange. And that's when you, you have to fight the dinosaurs. And once you fight the dinosaurs, most of them will turn back to green and walk off screen. You don't have to murder them. That's basically it. And then there's one level where you drive the Cadillac, and it's just a level where you try to hit as many enemies as you can, although you can't really see their pattern too far ahead of you. Just fun to go and try to uh, run over items and people uh, for points, really. You don't even get, like, food if you run into it. You don't get the, the benefits of the things that you run into.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's actually, it's a, there's a pattern to it where you can maximize your damage, but I didn't pull it off. You'll fight a motorcycle guy at the end of that, and you can... Fl- A motorcycle guy named Hog, no
1: less. <laughs> very creative. You can get him down one level of, uh, of his health by driving into him if you're good enough to avoid his grenades. And that's another thing. There's grenades you could throw at people. And when people burst into flames, they, their entire body bursts into flames.
0: And- yeah, very, very Street Fighter exactly it's a
2: wonderful burning effect that Capcom had in so many games back then
0: toasty it's doubly nice because it also worked I remember the swamp level I threw a grenade and I thought that guy's not going to light on fire nope (laughs) <laughs> little fire, even though he's half covered in water.
1: There's also uh, packs of dynamite, which do a wider, broader thing of uh, damage. But once again, they're not full screen effects. So if people aren't around these incendiary devices, they won't feel the damage of them. So that's kind of good. I just want to talk about the last boss for a little bit. Probably one of the coolest-looking last bosses for his final incarnation as the Doctor. Unfortunately, the bosses are fairly easy to beat. They're not really challenging. They don't have a lot of uh, hit up here to make that happen and hit down there. It's sort of just try to get in as many punches as you can, going up uh, vertically from the character and punching and kicking him, or even if you can, give him a, some type of body slam or something. Of course, other minions come out, and they're pains in the asses. But it's just one of the coolest, I think, boss concepts that I've seen. Although it might have similar elements, I don't think anything's been that cool. And I like the ending a lot. The ending's a pretty long story compared to what's usually in a video game. I think that sort of fits into a cliffhanger type of pulp storyline.
0: I thought it was interesting with the minions. Like some were just generic. Oh, hi! I'm a gutter. I'm a thug. I'm a trapper. And then, but there were also characters from the comic that were specific characters that you run. Like just the uh, the. Hammer and Wrench Terhuel There's like 80 of them mm-hmm, Running mm-hmm. around Nice G-N-E-I-S-S He was a guy Who had one of his own Side stories And it was like It's an interesting choice Because they could have Been made bosses Like Nice was a fisherman They could have had A dock level uh-huh. But no Instead they decided To throw 80 of them In there um,
1: Well that's because It was supposed to be A WWF game Yeah Featuring Uncle Elmer And Skinner
0: Yeah Black Elmer I don't know where The hell he came from <laughs> Obviously the WWF
1: Yes and Skinner from the W One of my favorite wrestlers Oh god
0: <laughs> Did he spit chew tobacco? I
1: don't remember He, he did was, yeah uh, he was oh, probably. <laughs> Terrible
2: He was one of the Fantastics I think uh, Steve Kern You want to see uh, true 80's manliness Look up some uh, Fantastics music videos on the YouTubes
0: yeah, I have seen one of those actually They're amazing <laughs>
2: They're shirtless uh, But with uh, bow ties on Oh, there you go. They sit on bikes together and stuff like that.
1: Fantastic. What would you have improved? This is what I would have improved. Of course, a larger variety of uh, enemies, but that's par for course on these games. I just love to be able to punch people when they're on the ground. Kick or punch them. This one, you don't have that mechanic. Even back in the day when Bimmy and Jimmy were around, you could at least kick somebody in the head when you were down on the ground. So that's a mechanic I wish could have happened.
0: As I was saying, uh, the minions—I would have given some of them that were actual characters in the comic. They're on the levels mm-hmm. and made it a little more tied to the source material. Like I got a dock level for Nice since he was a fisherman. And had uh, he had like his whole deal was he came up with these electric nets, which ended yeah. up uh, you know, getting his ass killed. But you know you could have thrown that in there and like had a fight in the water where you know occasionally he's trying to electrocute you, but you got to stop him. I don't know, but stuff like that keep it to the source material, since a lot of it was to the comic source. The character porters, especially uh, Jax and um, Messes, are basically frames out of the first mm-hmm. few issues of the comic. You bring up keeping to uh,
1: the enemies and their levels. I think Sega Spider-Man, I bring this up so much, except for the weird choice of having the Submariner and and Hawkeye being in the Spider-Man game. Uh, I think the way that they fight the villains is just so perfect, and I love that Art and everything. John, what would you have improved?
2: I would have just made it about 10 minutes shorter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if it had it been about 10 minutes shorter and uh, it was a little bit more streamlined with the later bosses and not even the later boss, but the later levels. Like one boss has three or four kind of forms. It just becomes a chore after a time because he doesn't really switch up his attack too much. I think a game like this, you should only really be playing it for about half an hour because it's fairly. It gets repetitive after half the time. I think if you're doing a perfect playthrough on this game, it's generally around forty-five to fifty minutes. It's too long for a, a uh, you know a coin muncher brawler.
1: Indeed, and I think more intelligent, uh, more design to the boss as more targeting on the bosses, not just come up from underneath them and and whack the shit out of them. And now here's T.T. Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue.
3: We shall see. Hello,
1: I am T.T. Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video
3: Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue.
1: Good luck, dudes. What would the movie tagline for this show be? I'll go first. I didn't even think of it. <laughs> I'll go first. Cadillacs and dinosaurs. It almost has Cadillacs and dinosaurs in it. That's all I got. <laughs>
2: I'll go. now. Yes. Uh, from the dawn of time, everything can be solved with a punch. <laughs>
0: True. Nico Boons. Anything. Oh, yeah, here we go. Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Why are there sewers under the sea?
1: <laughs> and why is the shadow of the manhole cover darker than the hole? The hole is like this light <laughs> yeah. gray, and the manhole cover shadow is pure black. So, yeah, that was. I was like, am I going to jump into that gray? And he did. And now we give our clue for next week's game. My clue is going to be randy second peter two good luck anybody else i got one okay pipe
0: climbers
1: Mm. is yours going to be something about hillbilly jim john
2: no my well maybe okay Uh, my clue is is that a mouse oh my bloomers (laughs)
1: Very good. Okay, everybody. Hey, it was great hosting again. I won't be hosting for another year. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And we went really long, but uh, tough shit. We had a lot to talk about. I'm Wiggly. For everybody else here, remember, don't be a jerk all the time. We hope you like us. Bye-bye.
3: In your first acting lesson, let's say you're at a Jamba Juice and you see a T-Rex. How do you act? Easy. You say, "Oh shit, T-Rex. Do you see how I emoted? This lesson is brought to you by Fireball Whiskey. Fireball. Drink it out of a, out of a paper cup. Don't be a dick about it. Scenario number two. You're in the desert, and you see a snake. How do you react? You go like this. Ah, shit, snake! Just, Just make it about yourself and not about this. There's a fucking snake in the desert! With my DVD course, there'll be surprises that will catch you off guard, just like I was caught off guard. Let's say you get pulled over and you have a bunch of weed in your glove box. Simple. You do this. Officer, I don't have weed in my glove box. This this acting lesson is brought to you by Two Bears Fucking. If you're playing a parent and your child asks you where babies came from, you simply tell them the truth from your mom's butt. Let's say um, you forget about your spouse's birthday and they confront you about it. Simple, you just be honest. You say that is not your birthday. You were in an accident, you have to trust me. Now go back to bed, your birthday's tomorrow. Act now, you get my acting DVD, which will teach you to make a video to then show them, which is proof that they were indeed in this accident, that they were not able. Now this has been Acting with Chris Pratt. I hope it helps, I'm guessing it won't. It'll just work out a lot and, um, and, and use sunscreen and I can roll the dice, man, and remember, If you're working on your plan B, you may as well make it your plan A.